As John was saying, we're talking about the gospel today. Uh, and there's no news better than that. But today, uh, today I've got good news and I've got bad news. And, and I hate hearing that. I hate it when people say, well, I've got good news and I've got bad news. What do you want first? I hate answering that question. Do you, do you like answering that question? Do you like, what do you like? Do you like having the good news first or the bad news first? Yeah, you want the bad news first. Because if you get the good news first, you, while they're talking, while they're giving you the good news, the whole time you're thinking, I wonder what the bad news is. And your, your mind's consumed by thinking about the bad news. So you want to get the bad news out of the way. And then while you're hearing about the bad news, you're thinking, well, as bad as this is, I know there's good news coming. So as we talk about the bad news today, which we have to do, you have to talk about the bad news. As we talk about the bad news, know that the good news is on the way. And, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we have a God that is in the midst of the bad news too. We have a God that meets us in the bad news and the God that brings us good news in the midst of the bad news. So uh, we have been for all summer going through this uh, book of Romans and, and it's, I absolutely love it. I, I love preaching on it. I love talking about it. I love reading it with guys. I love talking about it in the Breakfast Club Bible study. It's it's just uh, really a blessing to me. So uh, I hope you're enjoying the book of Romans too. Um, last few weeks we, we talked first about Romans 1 and we've been going through. Uh, remember Romans 1, um, Paul's talking about the law. And he lays down the law and he, he says law brings order to your life. Law uh, brings what's good. Uh, law, um, law keeps us straight. Law gives us a way to go. It gives us a map so that we, we can live. You know, the, the law is a good thing. Imagine what the world would be with, without the law. So the law creates. The law uh, makes us safe. Uh, the law teaches us the difference between right and wrong. The law condemns those that are sinners. Right? The, the people that are threatening our society are put in their place by the law. Paul gives us a list of these people. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, feedback. <laughs> uh, they're backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand. They break their promises. They're heartless. They have no mercy. Jeez, Paul, he goes on and on and on. They, they know God's justice requires these things, but they do, uh, they do these things uh, anyway. They know what's right, but they do what's wrong. And we talked about that last week. Um, and the people that Paul's writing to, the religious people, are thinking, yeah, Paul, you, you give those sinners their due. You teach them what's right. You, you know, the people that are religious, the people that are that are thinking they're in the, in the right place are saying, yeah, you, you tell those sinners what you what what they need to hear. And then in chapter 2, Paul turns around and he starts talking against the hypocrites. He starts talking against the religious people. Um, he says, you people who are so self-assured are practicing the exact same things that you boast in the law, but you break the law in the name of God. The name of God is being cursed because of you. So he, he turns from the sinners, the, the, the sinners, the people in our society that that are looked down upon, and, and he says the law is against these people, 
And then he turns to the religious people, the people who think they're on the right side of the law, and he says, the law is against you too. <laughs> and then if there's any doubt, remember a couple weeks ago we talked about Romans 3 where he says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. And, and there's not one person that does what's right in God's eyes. So if there's any doubt in your mind that this applies to you, it does. <laughs> the law applies to you. And the law, as I said, the, the law is against the people that are bringing our society down. And then we see that the bad news for today, since this is a good news, bad news sermon, the bad news is the law is against you. So we get the bad news first. Paul gives us the bad news first. Paul knew that you wanted to hear the bad news first. Paul doesn't pull his punches. He gives it all to you. He lays it down. The law is your judge. Your verdict is guilty. The law is your executioner. The sentence is death. This sermon is a good news, bad news sermon. Uh, and Paul says uh, in Romans 7, but I learned, the command, I learned from the commandment not to covet. For instance, the power of sin came to life and I died. So I discovered the law's commands which, which were supposed to bring me life, brought death instead. So, the bad news today is that you're dead. <laughs> Did you hear what we heard in the reading today? We have, we have died in our baptism, is what it said. The bad news is that you're dead. You just don't know it yet. You already are dead. It's not that you're dying. It's not that you're going to die. The bad news is that you're dead. <laughs> and that's a weird thing to think about. You know, have you, have you ever been told, has anybody ever told you that? Has anybody told you that you're dead? You're, you think, uh, that, that's news to me. I thought I was alive. But the truth is that you're dead. And uh, the, the law has put you to death. And you deserved it. That is the bad news today. So as we think about this good news, bad news sermon, we learn to tell the difference between the law and the gospel. And that's a really important difference, and it's important that we learn that, because sometimes we confuse the two. The law puts us to death. The law is declared you guilty, and you deserve to die. And the law has put you to death. It has been a good news, bad news week for Steph and I, too. Um, we, we actually got the good news first. Uh, and it, it actually was a couple weeks ago. Uh, we took a home pregnancy test, and we found out that we're pregnant. So, <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, it, it's, a, I don't know, it's a strange thing. We've never had one. And, and you, you see that little pink X, and, and you're thinking, is it really, or, is it a mistake? You know, you, know, you kind of doubt it, and then, you, you know, it's, it's a weird thing. But it, it's, it's also a really beautiful thing. And, and then you, you start dreaming and you start thinking uh, about what this is going to be like. <laughs> We've never been through this. You know, what is this kid going to be like? What is it going to be like for the next few months? You know, what is this kid going to grow up to be? And uh, it, it's, <laughs> I know there's a few pregnant women here, and so you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you guys know what I'm talking about. It's, it's an absolutely beautiful thing. And, and uh, it's really scary, too. <laughs> So, um, we got the good news first. Uh, and, and so we're kind of on cloud nine for about a week. And then uh, 
last week we were at Rock the Block and Steph was at home and, and we're going, uh, you know, I'm helping out with the picnic stuff and things like that. And then Steph calls and, and she says, well, um, I'm having some pain and I'm having some bleeding. And so um, <laughs> I, I, I hope I can make, I can, I can give my sermon today. <laughs> but she, uh, um, she wasn't feeling great. So um, I was like, okay, well, I'll take you to the doctor. So we go to the emergency room, and uh, they give her an ultrasound. And um, we've, we found out we had a miscarriage. And, and it was really hard. It was really hard. Because everything that we had hoped for, we lost. You know, all these dreams that we had for this child came to nothing all of a sudden. It was really hard. So we, we were in this grieving process. And, and the way that they tell you, you I, don't know, I don't know what, how it usually is, but the way that the doctor told us wasn't that sensitive. And so it was really hard. And they give you all these statistics like, oh, it happens 25% of the time or more. And, and it doesn't make it any easier. It kind of feels like they're saying you shouldn't feel bad about it because it happens so much. But I wanted to talk about it today because I know there's, because it is so common, I know that women have been through that. And I know that, that um, I know that men in this room have been through, been through that. And, and I, I want to, um, a lot of times we don't talk about it. And that's okay if you don't want to talk about it. But um, know that you're not alone. Um, so we got the bad news. <laughs> we got the good news first, and then we got the bad news. And, and that grief, you can't help but feel like you did something wrong. <laughs> and, and the good news is that you're pregnant, they tell you, or that you can get pregnant, right? <laughs> you know, the bad news is obvious, but they try, to, they try to make you feel better, and sometimes it doesn't work. Um, and as we talk about the good news and bad news today, um, I, I just wanted to own up to how I felt. You know, it felt like a member of our family died. A member of our family did die, and that's how it feels. So if, if you know somebody that's going through a miscarriage, think about it like that. A member of their family died. Our baby died before ever getting the chance to live. The hardest part for me was that thought. Um, you, you have people in your, in your family that are distant, you know, distant relatives that you don't really know, and, and, and it doesn't really hit home. And then you have people that in your uh, immediate family that die, and, and, and it really hits hard. And miscarriage is a little bit different. So you, you, you think about it like that. Um, it, it's kind of the same in some ways, and it's kind of different in, in some ways. Um, but this is a person that we never got to know. This is a person that God had a plan for, and that plan never came to fruition. God had a dream for this person. And, 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 and all the while, I, I, I turned to Scripture, and David wrote in the Psalms, For you have created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. 
And this is what it was like for our child. This is the bad news. Our child didn't get all those days that God had in mind for that child. This is the bad news. You're dead and you don't even know it. <laughs> On Tuesday, uh, we went in for another checkup. You know, and, and, and we felt dead. You know, we, we, felt, we felt dead. Um, and, 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 and as we talk about death, I think we can think about that. Um, that feeling of being dead and that grief of being dead. Um, so we went back to the, to the doctor on Tuesday to have a follow-up appointment. They needed to give, an, uh, give us another ultrasound and, and they needed to do another blood test. Um, to, or we just did the blood test and they, um, they wanted to make sure that, um, that everything was okay or make sure Steph's hormone levels were going down uh, because there might be something else wrong. So after the blood test, they found out that her hormone levels weren't going down. So they were thinking that she was having an ectopic pregnancy, which is really bad because they would have to cut out her fallopian tube probably. It means that her, her pregnancy was in her fallopian tube. So um, it was really scary because we went from thinking we had a miscarriage to now she's going to have to have surgery. And, and, and there's, there's this... You know, you, you look on the, you Google ectopic pregnancy, and you start seeing all these horror stories of what what it could be like, and 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 you start thinking, what if? And 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 as we talk about death, as we talk about the bad news, is that we're already dead. All those what if questions are like that. What if something's wrong? What if they have to cut out so much that we can't get pregnant again? What if? The bad news is that we're already dead, and as we think about being already dead and how that doesn't really make sense. Think about all those what-if questions as being already dead. You know, Paul talks about us being dead, and, and the what-if questions, and the fear, and the anxiety, and all the separation that we'd suffer, and the resentment that goes along with everything that we live through, and all the things that people have done to us to hurt us. All that resentment, all this gives death its power. This is death. All those things give death its power. Flatlining is the easy part. Dan and I were talking in the breakfast club, um, the Bible study, and we're talking about death. And, and, and it, uh, I was telling these guys, man, I, w I wish I had you guys there to write my sermon with me because these guys have great insights. And Dan was saying he had a friend that, um, that fell through the ice at a... Um, he was uh, doing something, and he fell through the ice, and he actually died for a couple hours. And, and, uh, and then he was actually saved. It's an absolute miracle. And, and the, his friend said, don't worry about dying. Dying isn't that bad. It's peaceful. It's, it's not bad at all. You know, flatlining is the easy part. Uh, <laughs> the, the part that we think of as death, the physical death where your heart stops and you quit breathing, that's the easy part. All the grief, all the suffering, and all the loss that goes along with it, that's the hard part. The what-if questions, the separation the, the um, resentment. So we see that there's two kinds of death. There's big death. There's a spiritual death. And the sin, uh, the spiritual death is sin. The spiritual death is brokenness. The spiritual death in its fullest form is damnation. And, 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 and you think of the spiritual death as being so much bigger and then you think of the physical death and you see that that's really just the small death. It's the little death. 
The little death is when your heart stops. The little death is quiet. The little death is peaceful. It's really not that big a deal. It only takes a moment. It's just like flipping a switch. You're alive one moment, and then you're dead the next. It's just like passing a tiny fetus. It's just like, um, it's just like falling asleep. So physical death is really not what death is about. So the bad news is that you're already dead. And, and we feel that every day. You feel that in the things that you're going through. You feel that in grief, as we felt this week. You feel the, the big death, and you live the big death, and the big death continues. The small death takes a minute, but the big death is there with you every moment of every day. That's the big death. That's what death is all about. And it's horrible. And we're told that the law brings death. So remember today, even in, the, in this really hard story, remember that we're talking about the difference between law and gospel. The law brings death. The bad news is that you're dead. We've all lived with grief and loss. The, the big death is the brokenness of this world. Um, the law hangs like a weight around our neck. The law makes us a slave to death. Paul talks about being a slave. Uh, this side of heaven, all, we are all dying the big death every minute. Remember what the Bible tells us, that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought death instead. The law only brings death because it increases sin and teaches us how to sin. Paul says, I would not have even known about coveting if the law did not say don't covet. So sin is increased through the law. The law brings death. We are like children. If you, if you tell us what not to do, what do you think we do? What do you do when somebody tells you what not to do? You do exactly what they tell you not to do. <laughs> that's how we are. And that's why the law doesn't work. The law can never bring life. So uh, as we read Romans 7, 9, but when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life and I died. The law brings sin. And sin brings death. It gives its power. As we sat, literally, so we, we, we go to the emergency room again because we're thinking we're having an ectopic pregnancy. And we sat literally in the ER for hours. And we're waiting for the results of the ultrasound. We had another ultrasound. So we're thinking we're having an ectopic pregnancy. And, and, and the ultrasound's going to tell us whether or not uh, we're okay. And, and um, it's, it's kind of funny, John's talking about getting free pancakes when people recognize you. When you're, when you're a pastor at Hope, you know, I remember the first weekend I was here at Hope, we stood, um, at, uh, we stood at all the services during the announcements at West Des Moines for, for all weekend. So, you know, if you're, if you're at one service, it's amazing to see how many people are there. Can you imagine being there up front at all the services? And I remember the next day walking around town thinking, I bet that person knows who I am. <laughs> I bet that person knows who I am. I bet that person knows who I am. And, and, and you, you, don't, you don't have a private life anymore. <laughs> so um, when, um, when Steph's in her gown, we're in the emergency room, and, and you know, they... You know, you have to be naked from the waist down to, to do these things that they're trying to do to figure things out. And, and um, the woman that's doing the ultrasound goes, 
hey, <laughs> you know, so uh, it's kind of it's funny. The, the upside is you get free pancakes. <laughs> the downside is that when you're naked from the waist down, people still recognize who you are. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it was just kind of a funny story, you know. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm an alpha, so we're talking about alpha, and we're talking about how her alpha group is going to turn into a life group and, and things like that. And it's just kind of funny because you're like, this should be more private than this, but it's not, and, and that's okay, and I'm, I'm glad we could talk about those things. I'm really glad that she's going to church. It was just kind of funny that it's not something you realize, so maybe if you're on the fence and you're kind of leaning toward the free pancakes, but you don't like being talked to about work while you don't have the pants on, maybe that's kind of, you know, there's lots of considerations to make. So, so we're literally waiting for the ultrasound for a few hours. And um, the big death is hanging around our necks. All that worry, all those what-if questions, and all this guilt of, of feeling like we did something wrong and wondering what's going on and all this isolation and then um, all, everything that goes along with it and the fear. And um, the only deliverance that we have is our faith in Jesus Christ. In the midst of all this, the faith in Jesus Christ is the only thing that carries us through this. And, and that's the way it is. And, and, and that's what the law gives us. The law teaches us that we're dead. By the law, you are dead. You're already dead. So what are you going to do? What are you going to run to? Run to your faith in Jesus Christ. That's all we have. And so that's what the law does. The law gives us absolutely nothing. The law takes everything away from us, even our lives. The law takes everything from you so that all you have left is your faith in Jesus Christ. And that's where we were at. And that's where I want to stay. I want to stay in that place where I know that I'm dead so that I can have faith in Jesus Christ. And, and uh, Romans 5.20 says, Now the law crept in so the offense would increase. The translation you have says something different. Look at Romans 5.20. What does yours say? Somebody have it? Romans 5.20. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. Yeah, God's law was given. But really what the Greek says is that law crept in. Right? The law is sneaking in where the gospel should be. And that's the way it is in our lives. The law sneaks in sometimes. Because we get to be better than other people when, when it's the law. We get to decide. Like, remember how Romans audience, or Paul's audience for Romans was thinking, we're the religious people. Isn't the law going to come and condemn these sinners? See, the law creeps in. The law creeps in, but all that happens is sin increases. All that happens is you get put to death. The law creeps in. The, bro the law increases the brokenness of this world. And, and what is the rest of it? The law increases. The brokenness of this world abounds. Sin abounds. But then the grace of God abounds all the more. Isn't that some good news? So now we get to the good news. We are dead. But the, where sin increased, where death increased, where the big death really put, put us to death, where the big death hangs like a weight around your neck, grace increases all the more. And because of it, because you have nothing left, you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And that's where we're at. We're dead. You are dead. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. And this is the good news. So then after waiting in that emergency room for hours for what the news is going to be, uh, 
I, we, we literally um, couldn't believe what, what she said, though the ER doc comes in and says, congratulations. Um, she says, um, you're five weeks pregnant. She says, the, the first ultrasound was wrong. There's, there's no miscarriage. We don't know why they missed it. That it was big enough that they should have been able to see it. They more than should have been able to see it. You didn't have a miscarriage. You're not having an ectopic pregnancy. The good news is that you're pregnant. You're five weeks pregnant. And, and be, yeah, amen. Thank you so much. So where the law abounded, where sin abounded, where, where death abounded, where the, the big death hung like a weight around our neck, grace abounded all the more. And, and, and I can't think of a better example for my life of how that's true. We literally grieved the death of our child. Our baby was dead as far as we knew. We grieved our death. And now there's nothing before us but life. And that's what it's like. That's what Paul's getting at. He said, we're buried with Christ in our baptism. You see the power of that? That baptism means that you're done your grieving already. You're buried with Christ. You are dead. You have been dead. You don't have to grieve death anymore. Is that a powerful thing? That death is behind you. The only thing in front of you is life. This is the gospel today. This is the good news. The good news is you're dead. The bad news is that you're dead. But the good news is also because, you, because you've already died, you don't have to worry about it. You still have the little death in front of you, that easy death of your heart stopping. That's going to happen still. But that's the easy part. The big part, the hard part, that weight around your neck is gone. Because of the gospel, the gospel takes away the big death. What the law couldn't do, the gospel does in abundance. That is the gospel today. The law came and put us to death, but grace abounded all the more. Not because the law was bad. The law did what it's supposed to do. The law put us to death so that we could be raised. And we don't necessarily want that. <laughs> I don't want the death in my life. I don't want to be put to death. But that's what God does because God knows that's what we need. We talk about sin as being things that we do. In reality, sin is who we are. Sin is just as big a part of our lives as anything else. The, the sin in your life is intertwined with your heart in a way that the two can't be separated. Sin fills us from the bottom up. And sin fills this world. There's nothing in this world that isn't touched by it. So what is the answer? Do we want a patch job? Do we want something that will cover it up? Do we want a, a comforting platitude that kind of, you know, you'll do better next time? That's not what God gives us. God doesn't give us any of those things. What God does is God puts us to death so that we can be raised again. And that's what baptism is about. That's what... That's why you were baptized. And that's why Paul says in our reading today, you have been buried with Christ in the death so that you can be raised. And, and there's no greater news than that. There's absolutely nothing more that you could want from life than to be dead at this point. Be dead so that you can be raised again. This is the absolute power of the gospel. Is that through your baptism, you've, been, you've died so that you can be raised again. And, and, and I hope that brings you great comfort today. Because I know, having grieved my child's death, 
that it brings great comfort to me because I've grieved my own death and, and, and there is no grief in front of me. The gospel in my baptism is that I have life. We've been put to death with Jesus Christ and we share in his crucifixion so that we can share in his life and his life is without end. The, the Bible tells us in Revelation that there is coming a day when the God will wipe every tear away from our eyes. And there will be no more suffering, and there will be no more pain, and there will be no more death. And God will live amongst us. And that's the power of the gospel, that God has us in his hand. And where there was death, there will be death no more, because death itself is put to death. Jesus Christ puts death to death. Condemnation he condemns. Jesus Christ has put death to death. There is no sin. He says, sin, I am a sin to you. I have become sin so that, so that you don't need sin anymore. I take your sin from you so that you can have my righteousness. Jesus Christ has put you to death so that you can be raised again. That's the power of the gospel today. And it's for you. Some of you might not have been baptized. And you might be thinking, well... Are you talking about baptism and all these wonderful things that happen in baptism? That God works through baptism to put me to death so I can be raised to life. But I haven't been baptized. Maybe this sermon isn't for me. It is for you. If you haven't been baptized, you should be. If you haven't been baptized, know that on August 16th, we're going to have a baptism. We're going to go baptizing. And, and we want you to come. We want you to get baptized. There's no reason for you not to. There's no reason for you not to be put to death so that you can be raised to new life. And this is the power of the gospel, that even the difficult things in your death, even the difficult things in your life, which are death, even those things God has covered, even those things God has undone, God has put death to death in Jesus Christ. That's the power of the gospel. Amen.